on What's This Week's Devil of the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and I'm here talking all things. So for the Devil's Joining the Show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. Paul, how has your week been? Keeping Britain warm? Yeah, yeah, not so bad. All right, not busy as usual, but not doing too bad. Not doing too bad at all. I've been all over uh, Wigan and St. Helens and what have you recently, last couple of days, and getting to know the parts of Wigan. So, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Not too bad at all. Good, good. I've been, like I say, we spoke last week about the Independent Podcast Awards. I've been putting our nominations through now, so we are in the mix. I got it slightly wrong last week, though, Paul, because the next round isn't a round-robin of all the podcasts. It's the industry experts listen to our podcast and then mark our podcast compared to other podcasts in our group. And then I think the top five go through to the grand final in October. Okay. Sounds exciting, exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, sounds really good, doesn't it, that? So, you never know, we could be going to an award ceremony with our suits on. Yeah. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to go and have a wash and everything. Yeah, yeah, have to buy some aftershave. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so big thanks to everyone who supported us, obviously. It's a great sort of honour, really, to be yeah. to be in the in the mix for this kind of uh, award. So, hopefully, we'll, we'll get in the mix for the, for the award and we'll uh, be telling you all about it in the next uh, couple of months. Yeah. So there's loads going on on this week. We're going to look back at the Leeds defeat. We're going to look at the ladies' uh, defeat at Barra. We've got the reserves' defeat at Leeds. We've got all the big news coming out of the club this week. And then we've got the preview of the, the games at weekend. So we'll start with the defeat against Leeds. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Sovereign Devils were defeated at home to Leeds. They lost 14 points to 16. Paul, funny old game. Sort of rugby league. We've had a we had opportunity, uh, but unfortunately, I couldn't take a Well, yeah, three tries to two. Um, it's very rare now in rugby league that you score more tries the opposition and, uh, and get beat, don't you? So, I thought they was unlucky. I thought it was the better team for, for large periods of the game, particularly the second half. When the second half started, I thought we, we stormed that second half. And probably should have done a bit more, I think. We got uh, we got into the lead there at 14-12, I think it was. And I thought we should have scored again and, and we had a repeat set and, and we didn't. But, you know, we'll probably talk about the... the there was a lot of anger, wasn't there, on, on social media and at the match as well about the referee and things like that. So I think there was quite a few decisions that didn't go our way. But you get that in rugby league, don't you? I sort of, and I put it in the preview this week saying, how many times can, can you think of coming away from a game against Leeds, Wigan or St. Helens and saying to yourself, God, we got lucky there? Because you don't. It, it's mm. not often you, you get that, that rubber the green. So you got, I think we contributed to our own downfall as well. I think there was a few situations where we could have been better than what we were. But yeah, it was a, it was a funny game, though. It was an exciting game. It was an enjoyable game. But obviously, we come out on the wrong end of the result again, which is disappointing. Yeah, was disappointing, like you said. Kind of, I think it's a game we should have won, really. I think it's easy to blame the referee. Obviously, we'll talk about some of the incidents that, that occurred. But for me, you've got to look at yourselves there. I think there was enough opportunity for us to win the game and, and for us to not win it you've got to sort of ask questions on sort of why why that happened well one of the I go back to we can talk about the controversy I mean there's a few decisions that, that, were, that were glaring in the face I think the Brody Croft one where he got smashed off the ball I thought that was a clear penalty I mean the Chris Atkin one two Leeds players there smashed into him and stopped him there that that to me was a penalty again and probably a sin been in but hey, I thought Leeds lay on and slowed it down but I've said it before every team does that 
you get yeah. coached to do that. And what, right? If you're not slowing it down, then more fool you. Because mm. if you can, if if you can manipulate the rules to suit yourself, you've got to say you've got to be smarter. And, and sometimes I don't think we're as, we're as smart as some of the other. We're not as nasty as some of the other clubs. Leeds will win at all costs. They've got a win at all costs mentality, and they'll do anything to win at all costs. You've got like guys like Richie Myler, and whatever you say about Myler, and, and and you don't like him or whatever, he gets smashed off the ball. He gets back up and he carries on. He doesn't seem to complain. So, so I've admired him in a way, uh, particularly like him as a player. But he's what he is. But I thought they were tougher than us. And I think we've just got to get that game smartness that these teams have, like Wigan and Saints. Saints are the same. Every time we play St. Helens, there's always a big sort of outcry about the referee. And I get some of it because we've 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 not got the rub of the green. There's no doubt about that. When Chris Kendall's been the referee, grand final, the semi-final last year, the game this year, I don't think we got the 50-50 calls. Well, not all of them anyway. But to add to that, I think these these teams are wise, aren't they? They they know how to manipulate situations. They know how to hold on. They know they know how to get that that last that that sort of extra time holding on to the tackle. So we I think we've just got to be a bit more smarter in that. But I think for me, going back to that game, the game changer was Ryan Bryler. A kick went into the goal there, and I thought he dollied about a bit too much, and he got caught there, and he, he could have got out there. He kept allowing the ball to bounce, got trapped in goal. Sneed drops out. Mm. Puts it into touch, Leeds get the penalty, and that after that we 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 were snooking after that. Yeah, funny thing is though, I, I thought to myself, I think maybe Sneed's playing a bit of three D chess there because mm. we we start to we're looking like we're starting to gas at that point. Sneed kicks the ball into touch, finds touch straight out of play, so penalty yeah. to Leeds. The scores are level, so it's up to Leeds to score there, and. Vintage leads, lead the Kevin Sinfield leads of yesteryear, yesteryear. Three tackles in the score there. But this leads thought we'll take the two play safe. Sneed backs himself to and us to retrieve the ball, which we do because Burgess catches it off kickoff. We recycle it, we attack, and it all comes down to Mark Sneed kicking on the fifth tackle, but it's a bit wild and there's nobody on the end of it. But if that plays out like it should, when we score off the back of it, because don't forget our our trouble is always getting out of our 30. So, say Sneed does drop out and Leeds bring the ball back. Best, Well, worst case scenario for Salford's Leeds score. Best case scenario is Leeds play the set out and we're 10 metres from our own line. So, we've got 90 metres to go there. So, is it worth sacrificing two points to be 50 yards up the field with the ball? Yeah. It's science that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I suppose. But looking back at the game, one thing I thought, and, and I thought in a lot of games this season, is when a player loses the ball in the tackle, it's almost like heart in your mouth time. Is the referee going to give a knock on, or is he going to give a penalty? And to me, I think they, I think they could eradicate all that by going back to the old rule from years ago, where it was the ball carrier's responsibility to keep all the ball, and you can and anybody can take the ball. So you've got three and four in the tackle, you can take the ball out. It's, it was always like that. So I think that'd stop a lot of a lot of this players releasing the ball and, and things like that. I think it would, and, and plus it takes a bit of pressure off the referee as well because he's got a decision to make there, and. Nine times out of ten, they're not consistent. I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think another thing as well in that match that was talking about Salford being a bit wiser as well was I think we had Leeds at arm's length at one point in that second half and there was a big melee, wasn't there? And I think Leeds were doing their best to sort of knock us off our game, really, if you yeah. like, and get into our head. And after that 
dust up when Atkin got simbined and uh, Aletsky got simbined, the Leeds player. We weren't the same after that, really. We, we we sort of took our eye off the ball. I think it worked for Leeds. I think they did knock us off our game. And that seems to be the, the sort of rugby that they like to play. But that's the way they seem to want to play. But, but no, I've never seen a Salford crowd like for Donkey's years where the referee had to like get escorted off at the end, didn't he? And people were yeah. shouting and bored. The atmosphere was it was it was a cracking match. It really was end to end stuff. But but yeah, the the atmosphere it was ready to kick. I'm surprised more players didn't get simbined and more people didn't get sent off. I mean, I think he did well the referee to hang on to it there because it was a it looked like that game was going to explode. I mean, it did for that that incident there, but after that, it sort of simmered out a bit, really, didn't it? But yeah, it was a funny match. Yeah, I suppose Atkins a more important cog in our in in our engine than the Leeds number eight. So I suppose us losing him, we lose a bit of creation, don't we? A bit of make it happen when Leeds just lose another sort of bopper forward, don't we? Really, but yeah, yeah, is what yeah. was it? It is what it is. Like you said, I just think they've managed the game better, really. And, and that's the disappointing thing, really. But obviously, the other incidents, the Briley sort of bomb chase and getting levered off the ball, a lot of people upset about that. But happens a lot, I think, rugby league. Probably not in that situation. Probably when the ball's going dead and, and the runner's there and the defender just levers him off the ball so he can't get to it. So, obviously, people are upset because it was a big chance. And we weren't really, at that point, we really, weren't really spending much time in Leeds sort of 20 so it was like a one-off opportunity we need a score on this set and I think for us not to get people just praying for the penalty rather than expecting one yeah yeah I think you, sometimes you get those and sometimes you don't I think sometimes I'm not having a pop at people here but I read stuff sometimes and you know, listen to people at the match and I think it's rugby league this it's not <laughs> making cakes or, or sort of tiddlywings but, but it's a physical sport and I think sometimes people think, well, you can't do that, you can't do this. I mean, I hear people in the crowd go, ooh, you know, the tackles me, you think, what's wrong with that? It's, it's rugby league. So, so I, I don't know, perhaps as a generation, we're going a bit soft and I'm not too sure. But but no, I, I thought the Briley incident, yeah, it's one of those, I've not seen it back. So I know there's a few video, videos whizzing around a bit about that one. So it's, it's one of those. But I, I don't think we got any 50-50 calls in that match. I think there was a few big decisions that went against us. And I, and I thought we were the better side and I thought the better side lost, to be honest with you. Going back to Atkin going going off Simbin, it didn't help us that because Max Snead was playing on one leg as well. I mean, he got injured at the end of the first half and in that second half, I thought he was really struggling and we, we kept him out there, didn't we, where I don't think that was a, the right thing to do, really. I mean, we had Matty Costello on the bench and this is contentious from me. Did Matty Costello come on? Because League Express says he did. I didn't see him come on. I've had a look at his stats. I asked Paul Hume, who's a stat man, he said he didn't think he came on. But I'm just trying to get it confirmed. But I don't think Matty Costello came on. Do you? Did he remember him coming on? I don't remember. No, um, I think I think it was an unused sub. I didn't think he came on. I'll have to ask Paul Rowley, but I didn't think he came on. Is <laughs> <laughs> he dope? No, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, interesting. Obviously, fans' reaction. Like I say, everyone's like, up in the atmosphere, aren't they? Uh, you were on sort of Radio Manchester, weren't they? People ringing in, not, not happy about sort of the referee's judgment, I suppose. It's it's a difficult situation, obviously. We're all fans, aren't we? We all yeah. sort of get excited in moments. And like I've said before, without referees, we don't have a game, do we? So it's just, I think it's just about getting as much help for the referee to for them to be able to do their job correctly. Yeah, we've said it before about the... I know it's a totally off subject, but well, it's not. It's, it's about referees. The, the video referee, I mean, they don't have that every game, which mm. no other sport would have. 
And it's unbelievable that rugby league, oh, well, the two Sky games will have it, but the others don't have to have it. Why is that football? It, it, it doesn't have that, that. I mean, I know that probably would have helped on um, the weekend, but I think that, that's got to be something that's got to be looked at. I know they'll, they'll say it's money and all this, that and the other, but if you're going to have it, you need, you need to have it all the matches. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people sort of talking about the, the decisions and things, but someone called me out, you'll probably say after, and, and a few people said to me, oh, why weren't you more critical and what have you? But where does it get you? I mean, referees have been moaned at for the 30-odd years I've been watching rugby league. And no matter how much moaning you do and how much complaining you do, a referee's decision is final. Whatever he says is final, so you're not going to get overturned or changed or anything. So, I, I don't know. You've just, you just got to take things on the chin sometimes, haven't you, and, uh, and move on from it and hope you, you get something next week. I mean, there's probably been games this season where we've got stuff. Cowers remember, can you? But it, it just... I don't know, it's, it's difficult, it is difficult. I was disappointed, I came away from that game really disappointed that we'd not got the win because I thought we were a better team. Yeah, I'll just let our listeners into a little secret that when you're ringing the likes of Radio Manchester or Radio Humberside or Radio Rhubarb or all these sort of rugby league shows, the pundits, the experts, have only ever have seen that incident once, just like you, at six o'clock on a Sunday. So... For so, for someone to say to you, Paul, you should stand up and, and make a call on a referee when you've only seen that incident once in real time, it'd be a brave decision by yourself to say, I think he was wrong there, because you've only seen it once in real life. So that's why I think we talk about investing in the game, didn't we, last week? And I feel like every game should have a video referee. And yeah. we, the media and people in the crowd, should have even like a big screen to look at or sort of the radio contact with a referee where they can hear what he's saying about decisions he's been made. The more information that you can give to the people about why you made a decision, then there's less doubt on sort of why. Yeah, I think I think there's far too much focus on referees as well. Every time you get beat, it's referee's fault, you know, no mm. matter what's happened. And, and I think every seems like that, every supporter seems to be like that. And I try not to, to, to look at it like that. I never have done. I've never been one to blame referees in that. I don't know whether to get off my dad. It's always been sort of, well, we lost because such a body missed a tackle or this. I've, I've, yeah, there has been decisions in matches. Don't get me wrong. I've seen my dad lose it in matches before now where he's gone off his head. I remember him running down North Stand once to try to go to referee over a forward pass. I think that was against Leeds. <laughs> and you do, you do lose it. But... It's, I don't know, it's hard sometimes, it is, I mean, I wasn't going to start slagging the referee off when I'd not seen something, and to be honest, I don't, I don't like to sound like a mardy pants, I'm only about the referee and that, for want of a better word, so you just, you just got to take it on the chin, I think that I'm that sort of character in, in life where I take things on the chin and just move on, I'm not a complainer, so, so no, it's, so if I did, anything wrong against Salford and, and didn't stick up for him like some people said I was sticking up for him I love the club and I'll um, defend him till the, the cows come home but um, I just don't like berating referees and that because it, like you said that without them there's no game is there so mm. it's easy to get on like a bandwagon and have a go to referee and call him a cheat and stuff like that I don't think they go out to do a team out of it out of a result do they so it's a, it's a really hard subject, isn't it? I mean, I'd love to sit down with the referee and have a chat with him and just sort of say, what's your take on it? And I know nobody ever interviews the referees, but what I think it'd be good if they did and they spoke to him and said, oh, what, what happened there? Then I think they'd be a bit more human then. and You'd be able to relate to them a bit more, whereas now they're just like this person that, that sort of makes these decisions and he's, he's escorted off at the end of the game and that's it, he's put back in his box till next week. But if you actually spoke to him as a human being, 
you might think, God, he's not that bad. I mean, he missed that and this, that and the other. And it might might make people go a bit easier on him. Yeah, I get that. I get that, that you'd want to obviously have a discussion with the referee about why you made that decision on, on the TV. But all he's ever going to be able to say is, I made that decision because I saw it that way. And that's the only answer he can give. And I suppose it's like a gotcha in it where you'll show him an angle which he hasn't seen and say, well, you got that wrong, didn't you? But it's human, Rob. The thing yeah. is, right, when you're watching a game as a supporter, you miss things because you're following mm. the ball. Uh, and you're setting the crowd in the, in the West Stand or wherever you sat, higher up, you've got a, like a sort of a better view. Referee is at pitch side, he's got players in front of him and it, it, must, it must be the, the toughest job. And the game's so fast now. How do you keep up with things? Mm. It's unbelievable. And and then you get a referee who's cautious and say it's on Sky and he goes to the video referee every time because he wants to make sure people start moaning and say, oh, why does he keep going to the video referee? The game's going to be on all night. So they can't win. It must be it's such a difficult situation isn't it, for, for them. So I, I would like to do it as a job. I really wouldn't. But um, I think there's that much pressure on them. Same in football. There's that much pressure on officials now. And I think there's that much pressure on people doing that job in, in sort of life because particularly football there's that much money involved and I mean they get berated don't they and death threats and all sorts so it's uh, there's always a blame culture isn't there let's blame somebody so I'm not, I'm not that I'm sticking up for Leeds I thought you know, I hope we stuff them next time we play them because I'm no, not really a Leeds, a Leeds lover but uh, but no I think there's things we could have done better in that match as well yeah and, and also obviously looking at the situation we're 14-12 weren't we what 10 minutes to go and we've and that basically, if you're going to boil it down, it's ill discipline from us, which gives Leeds the two penalty shots. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a bit really. I mean, that's what's what's cost us the game really, and it, it all came after that that big melee between the. I think I'm sure he was 14, 12 up at that at that point mm-hmm. in the game, and was controlling the game. And we looked the better side. We come out in the second half, and for that first ten minutes, we up the ante. We quick played the ball, just scored two quick tries in the first ten minutes of the second half, and we looked head and shoulders above Leeds. And and I thought Leeds were going to collapse once it got to 14, 12. I thought we could get another try and get eight points in front. I think we'll get 30 odd points here and, and really run run it home. And I think we would have done, as I said before, we had an opportunity at 14, 12. We had a repeat set and we didn't manage it well. And I think if I was Paul Roller, that's what I'd be looking at. Our last tackle plays, particularly in the last three or four weeks, have been poor. I don't think we tested Leeds enough. We didn't... I mean, credit to them, I thought their defence was pretty good. Their goal line defence was, was pretty solid, particularly in the first half. But... I think sometimes our kicking game, last tackle kicks, they're not always really dangerous ones where they've got to deal with it. A lot of the time, they dolly kicks, aren't they? And we do that far too often, that kick for Burgess or that kick for CO, and it's just lofted in the air. Leeds got it and, and they go away. So, And the two tries we conceded, I thought, were poor. The, uh, the Cameron Smith try was a misread in defence, wasn't it? And then the, the, the one from Miles was a good pass out wide to Hamley, but we got caught out there as well. So there's, there's thing, definitely things we can improve on. Yeah, positives. Brodercroft, three assists for him. Obviously, with Mark's need on one leg, and he needed to stand up, and he did. Yeah, he did. I thought Brodercroft played well, and and I think he'll get better because he's been out for a few weeks, as with with Briley as well and, and Ackers. It takes a bit of time to get that rust in us off and get back up to full tilt. But I thought I thought they were. I thought Tim Lafay. I think made a mistake or two Lafay, but. 
other than that, I thought he was outstanding. He's so slippery with the ball in hand and his capability to get the ball out. He was really, really dangerous. I thought Danny Addy showed up really well in the pack, stepped in and, and did a good job. We miss Callum Watkins as well, don't we, when he's not playing. So he'll be a big miss for us because I read in the paper he could be out for the rest of the season. So mm. that's that's a, a massive blow for us as well. Missing Shane Wright, Sam Stone and then Callum Watkins is a real big blow for us. But... But yeah, I thought I thought the, the I thought the pack did a better job. I thought they were better than they were the week before. Uh, still not much from Jack Armour. I think he played first ten or fifteen minutes and he went off and never came back on again. So I'm not so sure what what the script is there with him. But I thought King Vunyayo probably had his best game for a while. Yeah, good player, good player, King Vunyayo. Are obviously one of our bigger forwards as well. He's got a lot of work to do, Annie, to to keep yeah. going forward, especially the way we play. Because obviously we're always going the edges, but to make the edges dangerous, you need to make sure you, you attack in the middle and I suppose that's what he does with the likes of Tyler Dupree and other forwards who do sort of do try and work the blood to water making it go forward yeah that's right I thought Alex Gerrard's been a, bit, a big plus coming back as well as I know he's he struggles with his knees doesn't he but I think he's been a bit a good a good guy to get back in because he's a big man he takes a bit of stopping as well doesn't he so yeah I, I'm glad uh, King Bunyaiwa I thought he had a good game Dupree did some good minutes as well and uh, yeah we're still lighting that pack there's no doubt about that but we've just got to go with what we've got now we're not going to bring anybody in are we I think one player I probably asked Paul Rowley about if we get a chance to speak to him this week or next week or whenever is James Greenwood I know he's been spent some time on loan he's played in the reserves I wonder if he's nearly ready to come back to first team action because he can play at back row he's a big man as well so let's hope uh, we can get him back on the pitch yeah James Greenwood played in the reserves against Leeds but we'll come on to that in a minute look at the stats top meet makers Tim Lafay 133 Brodercroft 103 and King Bunny IOI 96 Paul so like we say if we're in around 100 mark it's a result for us Probably not as many as we should have expected. There's only three names there, really, weren't there? So we could do could do with a bit more than that, really. But I thought the the pack was better. Leeds got a big pack. I thought their pack was one of the biggest I've seen all season. See that Walters lad who played. He's absolutely huge. And one or two of the others as well. I mean, they've got a big they've got a big three quarter line Leeds as well, haven't they? Some of the I think it's a fuzzy two around the wing. He's bigger than some of the forwards so they take some stopping but I think on in a positive you look at the way Leeds have, have, have played the last few weeks they, they hammered Warrington away from home they absolutely dismantled Huddersfield Giants and a decent Huddersfield Giants team they got some good players they didn't dismantle those they scored two tries I mean mm. those were in the first half as well so you've, you've hung I mean when did they score I think we, we must have kept them out for about an hour or something like that yep. second try came on 31 minutes so you kept them out for 50 minutes there and limited them to two tries. So I think that's a massive improvement from our defence. Yeah. Well, obviously, defence is so important. We talked to me last week about how sort of the defence might be dropping off a bit. But like you said, he came back roaring back this week. Unfortunately, not enough for us to win the game. But I'm sure, sorry, Paul Riley would have had his post-match chat with his team and his coaching staff and agreed that, yeah, we defensively were quite. So I'd like to say to keep a team like Leeds out for that long is is, is a good result. Yeah, because they like to throw the ball around Leeds, don't they? They're a good offloading team. And our goal kicking, we missed two kicks, didn't we? So ultimately, that's probably helped contribute to us losing the game as well. I mean, Mark Snead kicking. I know Ryan Briley can kick goals, but Snead missed one and Briley missed one, didn't they? So, no, it wasn't to be, was it? It wasn't our day, but we've got another massive game coming up this weekend. And the way results have gone, you know, Leeds winning and Hull beat Ulkingston Rovers so they're, they're on our tails now aren't they in, in that top six but you look at it we're only four points behind second place so he beat second place Lee this week and we're right back up there aren't we so uh, I don't think it's time to panic just yet 
No. Top tacklers, Andy Ackers, 33. King Bunny, Anyhow, 34. And Oliver Partington, 28. I don't know why you don't just call him King V. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tend to do, because <laughs> I struggle. Because I've heard the announcer at Salford, he calls him King Bunny Yayawa. And I think that's the right way of saying it, isn't it? But it's dead hard to say that, so I just say King V. But, but yeah, I thought I thought Oliver Partington put himself about, didn't he? He looked like Tarzan, didn't he? Wandering about with no shirt on when he got his shirt ripped. He looked really <laughs> upset actually over that. I seen him get his shirt put on. But I enjoyed that. We were doing the radio on that and they seemed a bit shocked, the, the radio people, about like, kicking off. And I sort of said, well, I enjoy it. I think it's great to see passion and those and the biff in the game. I, I enjoy that. And, and I think it stokes the crowd up as well. And I think, I thought the atmosphere was tremendous on Sunday. And, and that bit of controversy as well and decisions and that. It was fever pitch, really, wasn't it? It was an excellent, uh, excellent match. Yeah. And thinking about it now, let's just, you talk about four defeats on the spin now. Obviously, Paul Rowley will be trying to find a way out of turn this sort of this farm round. Yeah, I was thinking that this week. I mean, I think in sport, you're only ever two or three defeats away from a crisis, aren't you? In more what sport you're in, and then you're only sort of two or three defeats away from being glory times, aren't you? So that's how how sport can change. It can change so fast, can't it? So yeah, four defeats on the spin is is not good, and you need. Uh, I think we need a response, really, don't we? You don't want to go down this alley of, uh, of keep losing every week. So I think this this week, and we need to 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 book that trend and beat Lee. Yeah, we're we're joined by uh, Paul Parkin now. How have you been, Parker? Evening, lads. Yeah, sorry, bit unconventional this evening. I've only got one eye as well. Has so it? That's not great. Oddly enough, it coincided with this arriving. Ah, uh, you see. So I can't read it, which is not great. No, I'm okay. I'm all right. I've just been a little bit busy, a little bit tied up, but yeah, we're, we're here. And I've got to admit, I am having me tea at the same time. Very unprofessional. Okay. <laughs> to make sure you're not chewing and speaking at the same time, Parker. Saying that, some people like that. Yeah, but yeah, some people are odd. <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on the on the Leeds defeat? I thought overall, I thought we performed really well. I thought we had, we had a real cracker, considering the the lack of depth we had coming off the bench in terms of back rowers and that kind of thing. I thought I thought it was a, a sterling effort. I can't I can't fault the lads for what they put in. However, it was out of our control. I feel I, I listened to Paul after the after the game on the phone, doing the phone in with GMR, and he, I think I think what the fans said there echoed everything I wanted to say. I was so angry after the game. I, I, some days you don't deserve to win games. The week before at Wakefield was a, an absolute disgrace. Then players had to hang their head in shame. They bounced back this week. They put in a performance of of real real grit and determination and. And a little, a little bit of skill to outscore Leeds as well. We were on a roll. And then you, you you get the run pull from underneath your feet by some dubious decisions going against us. Let's put it that way. I could go on all night about it. I won't because I've joined you late and I don't want to destroy everybody's evening. But <laughs> we, we would have won that game had it not been for the officiating. That, that's how good we were. We, we were. we were the better team, I felt. First half, we were a little bit shaky. Yeah, we give a bit of ball away. We weren't. We're fully at it, but we, we didn't deserve that. We didn't deserve to get beat. The week before, we didn't deserve anything out of the game. This week, you don't get sometimes what you deserve. But I could understand if Leeds had edged us and they were a better team or something happens on the day or we don't take chances. But when we put all that effort in, and, and I heard Jack did and said, oh, I've got a lot of respect for Jack. And he's a brilliant advert for rugby league, the man. But he said he didn't think it overly affected the game in that way. It did. Because 
not only is it a case that he may be giving things against us that he didn't give against Leeds, it's the thing of we don't get any field position or possession, so you're defending. The more defending you do, the more tired you are. That zaps the tank. You haven't got enough left to go and win a game after that. Decisions that turn you around constantly on the first and second tackle and that kind of... It, it did affect the game massively, and it's easy to blame referees. I'm I'm guilty of it a lot, but this week he he was he was the problem, and I feel for the lads. I really do. I don't know what more they could have done to to win the game. Oh, yeah, I, I, part of me sort of agrees with you there, Paul. But then the other part of me thinks it's easy for us to point at the referee and say we lost because of him. We lost because at the crucial moments in the game we weren't good enough. I I, I don't. I don't agree. I, I think I think outscoring a team three tries to two is a massive effort. We did we did create chances. We didn't take them all, but neither did Leeds. But they were given chances. They were given spot. That's why they were taking the two points because they knew they, they probably wouldn't have scored past us if it hadn't been for being given them decisions. I, I don't think we're at fault for that game. I really don't. I think yes, we could have done things better. We could execute better. But I think we've done enough to win a game that that day, and and it was taken away from us. And I will blame the referee for that. On this one, I'm I'm adamant that that did change the result. We win that game nine times out of ten. We were getting we were getting punished for things that they were that were even even when we were getting punished for them didn't look like penalties to start with or whatever. But but the, the amount of holding down they did, the high shots they did, the 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 tackling in the air, the obstructions. I mean. These were blatant decisions that you could. I've got, I've got one eye currently, and I could see them. Mm. The referee either turned his, turned a blind eye, literally, to them, or was just totally incompetent. Whichever it is, he's got another game this week, so that's that tells you all you need to know about rugby league right now and the state that it's in. So yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just an. I, I don't, I don't blame our boys one bit. The week before, like I can say, disgusting, not good enough. This week, you've got to give them credit. They. Outscored a Leeds team who were a massive role, who had virtually a full team out, and we we weren't given the fair crack of the whip. And I, I think only takes two of them decisions to go our way. We get two penalties, we win the game. Simple. What's well, Paul? I, I don't know why we keep getting tanned in the penalty count. I thought we got tanned at Wakefield, and I think the penalty count on Sunday was ten five to Leeds, and I think we got one towards the end of the game. And the six against was Everly against us again. So, no, I, I, I didn't realise how we could lose a penalty count, particularly when we were getting smashed. I mean, the amount of penalties that they should have conceded for eye shots and off-the-ball challenges. I mean, Croft got done, I said before, a couple of times. and So, how we lost that penalty count? Yeah, I think Parky's right. I mean, I don't like blaming referee either, but it was, it was hard not to because there was so much that went on in that game. And... And when you think back of it, yeah, it, it could have changed. There was nothing in it. There was nothing. In it. it was good. It was a big effort. I mean, so I said that before. I thought we played really well, and it was a massive improvement. We're playing without a back row as well. Uh, we're struggling on the bench. We mentioned before, didn't we? I'm sure we only used three substitutes. I don't think Matt Costello came on. Says it League Express he did, but I don't think he did. Mm-hmm. I never saw him anyway. So, so yeah. Disappointed. I went away from it disappointed, really disappointed. And you feel for lads sometimes, don't you, what they've, they've put in and not get anything out of it. And like Parky said, we were rubbish at Wakefield, didn't deserve anything. Mm-hmm. But 
But yeah, having said that, there was there's other things in the game as well that we could have done better. So I think it's a bit of both, really. I mean, like the sneak kicking out on the full, a few of them other things there. We've, we've been a bit a bit more clinical there. We could have won the game. And I still go back to, and I said it three times now, I think we were 14-12 up. We had repeat sets there. We should have scored. We yeah. should have nailed it there and gone 20-12 up. And that's the bottom line. Top teams do. And we're on this journey to be a top team. And I'm sure... Paul Rowley and the boys will look back at the video if they're on RDTV or however they watch it and think that's where he went wrong. The thing but is, though, it's a learning experience, isn't it? And, and you, yeah. you're hoping, obviously, they can they can sort of take that uh, and, and build on it. Big thanks to you three with Match Reports, Man of the Matches. Mark, far better performance, King, Jimbo, more need sacking, King. James Oxford, really great effort, all 17. Colin Wilson, vastly improved effort, Lafay. OSF, ruined by officials, Lafay. Colin Reynolds, video ref required, Tim Lafay. Stuart Smart, getting better, Tim Lafay. Chairman Bob, better than Wigan, Wigan King, money IOR. Chris and Janet Shetton, best team robbed, Lafay. Natalie Taylor, frustrating refereeing, Tim Lafay. Andy Lancashire, selective refereeing decisions, King Bunny IOR, CNR, too many errors, King, Richard Martin, frustrating but better, King, uh, Paul Whiteside's mate, Roy Ellaby, ruined by more, King, David Bowden, poor performance, too many errors, I don't think it was a poor performance, I just thought, like you said, we tried, it was better than Wakefield, but a bit of referee, a bit of luck against us, Paul, and that was the difference. Yeah, uh, my worry is, I mean, I came away from the game and was talking to her, you're not my own. She said, oh, God, how can we never sort of get them decisions against? Because she's, she's already wise to it. She was like St. Helens. <laughs> we never get them against St. Helens. I said, you know what, my fear is, if we do get to a semi-final again or something like that, we'll be talking about the referee. Mm. Because I go back to the grand final. We got nothing in the grand final. I mean, people say, oh, yeah, you lost 23-6, I think it was. But if you actually watch that game back, he goes out of his way. To not give us anything in that game. We had the same referee again in the semi-final last year. Went out of his way to not give us anything. We had him again this year at St. Helens. That's three games. You've not got nothing off him. And then people say about, oh, you've not won at St. Helens for 40-odd years. You've not won at Leeds for 30-odd years. Because we never get... I've said to you before, didn't I? I've said it in the preview. You think back, right? Leeds, Wigan, St. Helens, the cartel of clubs. You think back in your brain... When was the last time you went to a solver match against one of those clubs and you walked out of the ground and said to your mate or your dad or whoever, God, we got away with that one, didn't we? And it's never, it's never. <laughs> when have we ever robbed one of those teams? We, we don't, we just don't get it. And and that, that to me, is is my only fear. If we do get do go through in the playoffs, we, we won't get that rub of the green because we never do. Or will we? Perhaps we will this time, I don't know. But you I don't think we'll. you just got to be cleverer. Parker, sorry, I jumped in. Go on. No, no, I was just going to say, but he's funny. Obviously, talking about the ref and everything like that, and both what he's saying is, my brother said to me at the end, well, halfway through the game, he said, this is why there will only be four winners of Super League, because there is a cartel of four big clubs or whatever who will get these decisions. The smaller clubs won't get them when they need them. Paul's just basically pointed that out. It's the same when we go to Wigan, when we go to Saints, you go to Warrington, you go to Leeds, the crowd get on the referees, but the referee turns and gives them what what they want. We don't get that. We'll, we, we've never got that, and we never will get that. We're always fighting against it. Again, going back to, to Sunday, their last penalty is... I'm trying to work out what it was for. Whether it was for lying on, handing, or, or 
or being offside. But somehow Leeds didn't get penalised for that throughout the game. What did they not do it? Do they not do the same thing? That penalty won them the game. That won them the game. That's that's a simple fact. That's undeniable. Well, they shouldn't have had that penalty. And if they had, why didn't we get the same one? Hmm. We don't get them decisions. And that that was that's the big frustration. And you do as a club, and, and people said to me, that's why I don't watch rugby league anymore. Oh, I won't go and watch rugby league anymore. Because it never changes. And that's that's a worry. That's a concern for the sport. And IMG are going to be looking at all these clubs and, and saying, oh, you can't do that. You don't do that. They want to start at the very top, at RFL level and down. Why are our referees so much poorer than them in the NRL? They're all full-time. They all do the same job. Why is it a big difference? What? Why is that? As don't get the right support. I agree. They don't get the right training. And there aren't enough of them. Why? What are we doing about it? This isn't a new problem. So the whole sport at the moment needs to have a real look at itself. Otherwise, Super League will stay three or four teams and you might as well forget everybody else. Mm. I just think it's just, it comes down to game smarts for me. I just think sometimes it was just it's just dumb play that cost us. You talked about the, the grand final against Saints. We, we didn't really sort of perform, did we? Saints had, Saints had us at arm's length all the way through that. Talk about the Saints one, the semi-final with King Bunny Ayawa running, obstructing somebody, and and not. I think it was Ryan Bradley went through and scored, but they pulled it back. If he if he doesn't get penalised there, we score. And then on Sunday, that last sort of ninety seconds, if we don't give away a six again, we get the ball back. We gave away a six again on that set, which then gave Leeds the ball. For the rest of the but game, the, the we aren't that, silly enough to give away a six again in that situation. Uh, we I get think, the ball back, and we have an opportunity. Think, and not to say we're going to score. I'm just going to say we have an opportunity which was taken away through dumb play, Paul. I've got a massive objection to that. When you've been forced to defend, you don't think straight. You are exhausted. You will try anything to get the ball back. We were punished for things we hadn't done. That's what makes it wrong. It's not a kick. When you say we didn't have the smarts, we outscored them. We must be smart. We scored three tries. They scored two. But we we were, we. I think we, over the whole game, were the better team. We did what we had to do to win that game. And we're punished. And it, let's not forget, I mean, goal kicking being an issue, when, you, when obviously Sneedy gets injured, that's not great for us. I'm not having to go at Ryan because he, he, he kicked a belter from the touchline, the second one. Could have gone over again. It's a different scoreline, but I, I, I don't put any blame on our lads. I think yes, you do make mistakes in a game, and some games you do and get away with it. Some you don't. But this game, we were forced onto the back foot through no fault of it. What about? Can I, I don't know if you two lads have mentioned it. That penalty in the first half where Brayley got took out, and the play's gone on twenty meters, thirty meters up the park, then he's brought us back to give the penalty, took us back thirty meters. So we've been punished for our own penalty. It should have been play on up the park, as the players mm. were pointing out to the referee. So we've then got to go back another 30 metres to get to where we started from. By which time, we've wasted time, we've wasted energy. It's, it, it's stupid things like that that the referee did that made it difficult for us. Yes, we made mistakes. They made mistakes. But they won the game. But they didn't win the game with, with, with any smarts. They weren't better than us. They weren't cleverer than us. They were just luckier than us. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. But they were lucky. But in in that moment, 
in that 90 seconds, they thought, I get a six again, we win the game. And we fell for that outline line and sinker. It is annoying though, Rob, because you think about when, I remember when Watto was the coach, I mean, I think there was three away games at Leeds where we went to the press conference, it was absolutely fuming, where they, they robbed us by forward passes. I think there was the Richie Myler bloody milking a penalty and stuff like that. So what you find is you, you start getting a catalogue of games <laughs> against these teams. You do. And and that's what Parky's saying. Right. Take, for example, next weekend, Saints play uh, Lee in the Challenge Cup. You watch that game. St. Helens will get everything. I bet you any money Lee don't, Lee don't get nothing. Because they, they won't let... He's making me laugh with that pot new. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> 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 I could stop laughing though. Uh, yeah, that, that's the annoying thing. And, and I think Parky's right. I mean... I, I say it all the time about the cartel of clubs and that they do they do seem to get the, the decisions and you don't want to you don't want to sound like a moaner I mean that's why I don't play on it on my videos and I got slagged off for it but I don't because I don't want to sound like I'm moaning but inside I was bloody going mad on, on Sunday and all the way home I was moaning to Imogen saying oh it's, it's not fair this and it's that and over and, it, and it's not and it's it's difficult because you don't want to sound like you're whinging all the time, dear, and, and you don't. But it's frustrating. It is frustrating. But what can you do? It's always seems we've been like that. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But regarding referees, and that is the answer to get two referees. Should we have two referees? Would that make it easier? Because they're that incompetent, these ones we've got. Should we have two of them on pitch? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. No. More more eyes. I go for two referees, I go for in-goal judges, I go for linesmen, I go for big screens, I go for video referee. The more eyes you can have on it, the, the better chance of you making the correct decision, Parker. And don't forget, they see it once. The, the problem we've got is we haven't got enough referees now mm. to, do, to do the games we have. Where do we find these extra referees that are good enough to do the job? The ones we have now aren't good enough. So where do we bring the next lot in from? That This is what I'm saying about the rugby league needing to look at itself mm. and work out how do I get people into this, to do this job professionally, fully paid, because we haven't got enough money to do it either. That's another thing. We won't be able to pay for them. But it, this is a fault going back since Super League began, really, when we could have addressed it back then and we haven't done. And then we mentioned the linesmen. I mean, they're, these days, they're about as much use as a chocolate teapot. What did he do besides put the flag up when a ball goes out of play? They don't. There was one incident though on on Sunday. I think it was Ryan Brayley who was tackled in the air. I think it was. Everybody in the ground saw it except the referee who didn't see. It. I don't know how he didn't see it. He must have been I don't know plane spotting or something. I don't know what he was doing. The linesman had seen it, and I think the linesman had looked and gone. He must have seen that. He can't have missed it. And then he seen Ryan Brayley lying on the floor and the referee walking away to play on, and then came on. It was like it was a time delay. Like he'd been stuck somewhere else. And he must have been thinking to himself, is the referee not giving this? I'll have to say something. Now, that's the only time I've seen a, re- a linesman come on and do anything. But that, that was because it was a blatant foul. It's not good. Them linesmen need to help the referee and need to be given more responsibility. But this started with, for me, Carl Kirkpatrick and, and Ganson years ago, when linesmen used to come on and they'd get told off by the referee for entering their pitch. I'll ask your opinion when I need it because the referees became bigger than the game. Mm. And we need, we just need to take it all back now, strip it back. And I agree, more referees, more definitely videos in, in, in every ground because it's, it's an unfair advantage to somebody each week anyway. Um, 
And that's the only way forward for the game. The players are professional. The clubs are getting even more professional. The referees are supposed to be professional. How I don't know what Signal was sending out, though, and we all know everybody who saw that game on, on Sunday and Jack and Trevor mentioned it as well, that how, how inconsistent he was or whatever. He'd had a bad game. The Art Leaves, Jack said that. This week he gets another first grade game. That's not sending out any message to anyone. Anyone mm. in, the, in the championship who's a referee thinking, I want a referee Super League, you're not getting your chance because the rugby league's got its favourites and they'll just keep using them. I agree with that, Parky. Obviously, there isn't the strength in depth, is there, with, with referees? I think we talked about growing the game, didn't we, and the infrastructure. And maybe the RFL need to look at what they're investing in and, and maybe think about redistributing the funds into the referees department and bringing more referees in and bringing the technology in. But that would mean sacrifices the areas in developing areas in the ladies game for example in the wheelchair game for example the money they've been putting into that area of the sport to give that a high profile would they think about diverting that to the referees to make them a, a better standard referee massive call because they can see the 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 profile that that the different areas of, of our sport have now and the money they have spent in them areas have been well spent but is rugby league too thin? They spreading it spell financially. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on. I think it is, and this is what I said. I said it last week about bringing in sponsorship and things like bringing money in, and it, the infrastructure of rugby league is it, it's still running on an amateur basis, and that's where the problem is. We do need that money. We can't. We need to throw more money at the, at the amateur game, at the the women's game, and everything else to get it to a level. But the the main product is. The Super League. That's our advert to everybody else. We've got to get that right. The investment's got to come in, and they don't. They don't bring it in. They don't do enough to do that for me. And 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 the clubs suffer because they don't get any. They, we we don't get any sort of limelight shot shone on us. So sponsors in the local area won't be bothered because they'll think, well, what do I get out of this? If I give you money, what 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 what's it for? It's it's a tough one, but it's something they're going to have to to sort out. I'm not predicting the death of the game but you said you asked me last week about and it was a great question Rob about professionalism as it failed it fails because it's not being done correctly mm. and this is where we've got to be careful because there's so many sports now on the horizon coming up American sports that are creeping into the British culture and, and other other interests we could easily lose out and I heard people grumbling on Sunday about not going again because of what happened we can't afford that we can't have that in our game and so the, the RFL, the Super League, and the people at the top with IMG have got to find a way of getting money in so we can afford to have extra referees, so we can afford to have screens, so we can afford and then and still make the women's game, make the, the junior game stronger. We've got to do it all as one. Thoughts, Paul? Yeah, we said it before, didn't we, before, Park? Come on about the, the big screens and that. There's no other sport in the world that would have that. It's not a level play. Rugby League never has been a level playing field it's sort of it's run so unprofessional it's unbelievable where would you have a sport would Premier League football go tell you what this weekend we'll just have a big screen at the two games on the telly the rest of them can all sort off we're not bothered about that and what another thing is you talk about referees here and this might be a controversial thing to say but this what we're talking about and the the refereeing problems and that is it an institutionalised thing because you can train referees all you want and you can, they can have the best technology they want, but they're still going to lean to Leeds, Wigan and St. Helens and that. 
and in the in the big sides. Is it sort of something that's inbred into people now? Has it gone on that long? It, it's never going to change because it never seen it never does. You you never seem to get these decisions, and it does get boring when the same teams are winning it all the time. I know he's been more than anything. You'll get all these IMG people and you'll say, oh, like spreading the game and all that. And yet, we're still always going on about, we were saying this weekend, Wigan and St. Helens, is it a bigger diver than Hull and Hull KR? And mm. all this stuff that people come out with. And you think, nobody gives a toss about Hull, outside Hull. I could give a toss about Wigan and St. Helens. I'm not from Wigan and St. Helens. And we seem to have that in rugby league, that small time thing. People down south, never even heard of St. Helens. I mean, where the hell's that? He's, he's, he's crazy, and I don't know. So I don't know whether it's something you can change overnight. I don't think just bringing a lot of new referees and change anything. I think it just end up being being the same. I think I just don't think the game's run right at all. There's too many people at clubs that have influence on the game. You look at Everington on Sunday. He was I saw him tobing about round there and wandering round and that, throwing his weight about. And it's funny how he had a go at the referees the week before mm. after one of his matches. And then all of a sudden they get everything in that game against Salford. So I'm not saying there's a conspiracy, Rob, but we've watched the game a long time now and, and how many times have we we robbed leads? Tell me. It's all mind games. Oh, Rowley had a go at referees, I think, was it before? I can't remember who it was now. What did before we get? the Wigan game. Or the whole KR game. said that oh, they, they always got all the penalties home. Exactly the same. <laughs> it didn't did. work out for us. But, they did. but it's not but, just Gary Evans who likes to play mind games. There's another thing to this, and I know we're going off slightly on this, but the, the pool of referees is so small that the other week we had more from Wigan against Wigan. The other week we had Thaler from Wakefield at Wakefield. Now, whether them referees are as honest as the day is long, that suspicion is always going to be there. Well, you grew up a Wakefield fan, so surely somewhere in the back of your mind, you know, you, I couldn't referee a Salford game. <laughs> and it, wouldn't, it just wouldn't happen, would it? Can you imagine? Even if I tried to cover it up, it wouldn't work. You can't, it just adds that suspicion. We need to widen the, the whole pool up and we need to get out of our own northern bubble and realise that rugby league I mean, it's a great sport. It's, a, it's the best sport in the world, but it's run badly. I've always said it's professionals run by amateurs. That's the way it is. And we need to change all that. And we need to get a referee who's not from that area refereeing a game between two teams. It's, it's that, that seems quite simple to me. Mm. Lively, lively debate. Uh, talking about the, the Leeds defeat. Let's move on to the ladies now. They were in action against Barra on the community pitches on Sunday. Went down to defeat. 28 points to 12. Two tries for Salford. One was from Lauren Ellison. One was from Brogan Evans. Uh, Parker. Uh, it was a good game. Both teams really went for it. Uh, but unfortunately, Barra got the spoils. Yeah, Barra came on stronger, didn't they? Later on, they were. I don't know if you had more in the tank or, or, or whatever. Just maybe a little bit more cohesive than we were. They've, like you said last week, they're a decent team, Barrow. Expected to sort of do things. I think they've been together a while. And it's, it is a step up and it is difficult for the for the girls at the moment. But they're, they're going to be learning from this. But I just thought from from the, what I've seen of the, of the game that we competed for large parts. We were well mm-hmm. in the game. But we just didn't have enough. Whether he's not in the tank, I'm not questioning the fitness of the girls because they're as they're as fit as anybody else in the league. It's just, I think this goes back to what you were saying before about the first team, which uh, in this case I'd say it's a little bit of smart, a little bit of controlling mm. the ball at the right time, 
dominating certain parts of the, the, the possession and, and position on the field, and we just we just didn't have enough in us for that. But we'll learn that. We'll get better. Again, it's another week of, of learning. The girls will have picked up more tips, and we'll see the benefit of this in the next couple of years because this this experience now that the girls are getting is going to get passed on to the next the next batch and the next batch. So we will improve. We just I think Barrow were just a little they're just a little bit better. Simple as that, really. I think that's all you can say. Yeah. Uh, we opened the scoring, Paul, Lauren Anderson with a try, kicked by Captain Fantastic Louise Fellenham. Their fullback dropped it. It was picked up by Phoebe Parkinson, who fed Lauren Ellison, who went over by the post. Demi Jones kicked the goal to make it 6-0. But then, unfortunately, Barra scored three times. Their number seven, Jodie, I think Litherland, Great player, really tore, tore us apart at times, unfortunately. Uh, but just on half time, they, they scored the third try. I think it was Ann Smith went over. Basically, their centre came in, went on a bit of a waving run, uh, and then she crashed over, sort of slightly to the left hand side of the post, just for half time. Sort of a crucial score in that context of the game. It is, it is no matter what you're playing to concede before half time, it's a killer. Psychological killer as well, isn't it? Going in there, conceding there, and his back's against the wall. And wasn't it? it was tough. I mean, I sat next to Louise Felling on Sunday, and she looked battered and bruised again. The effort that those ladies are putting in, she was in bits. She really was. So the effort's there, and, and like you guys are saying, I think they're learning little things all the time, aren't they? It's about putting that into practice now. But I don't think you can ever question the effort that they're putting in. I think it's, it's tremendous. They're working really, really hard. And they found the step up tough this season. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's going to do them the world of good going forward. It's a, it's a great grounding, isn't it? Playing at Super League level now. Yeah. Came out second half. Came out roaring. Salford burst onto the scene. YPS burst the line. Ran over three Barra defenders. Handed it off to Brogan Evans, who went into the post. Outstanding run. Uh, and Brogan Evans, what a player she's turning out to be. Uh, she's moved from sort of the hooker interchange role from last season into loose forward this season, and she was outstanding, I thought, on Sunday. With the ball in hand, work rate, tackling, everything. Complete play for me. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a tough one as well, isn't it, when, you, when you've moved sort of positions? Because, um, again, it's, it's, something, it's something new to learn as, you, as you're going along. Yeah, I think we have got some great sort of individual, and this was something that Vicky Kinnian said last week at the Dog and Partridge that she that basically last season we relied a lot on, on certain individuals to mm-hmm. do something special at the right time to break open a game to win as a game. Now it's it's not like that. Your main players are going to get spotted very easily, so you've got to work a lot harder, a lot smarter at how we do, it, and it's got to be shared about. But again, we're dropping new players in all the time, so we're not ready yet. We're not. We're just not there. And that, that that's the difference between us and say a Barrow or a Featherstone or, or whatever. That we, we, they are going to work, and they are going to get better. Uh, and Brogan again, like you say, you moved her from from one position to another. Well, someone's got to fill her old position. Well, mm. she still gets used to the new position. Um, but she is a tireless worker. We know that. We mentioned her last year and everything she's done. Uh, over the last sort of eighteen months, but it's what it does with the rest of the team as well. Then and the movement, and, and you get, you need to know, especially whoever's going in uh, hooker. I mean, it is a vital role. Let's let's not forget that we see Randy Ackers when he took him out of the team. What a difference that makes for somebody to come in and fill that, and that, to to know what the other players are thinking, to know all the moves. Off, it doesn't work like that. So 
it has a knock-on effect, I think. But like I say, I think this time next year will be a much stronger team and in a better place than, than we are at the moment. Yeah, and obviously Chris Bates went forward heavy on the bench, Paul, and it worked out. Forward pack was immense we, throughout. We talked about you know, the likes of YPS, Casey Naylor, rolling forward, taking teams on, and I thought it was fantastic on, on Sunday. Yeah, you need that, don't you? You need that in your forwards, especially the way the game is these days. You need a big pack, don't you? We've been talking about that before, about Salt, the, the men's team against Leeds. You can't go wrong with that. And Yeah, I think uh, they, they did a good job there in the forwards, didn't they? Yeah. So as the time went on, both teams had chances. Steph Gray pulled off an amazing try-saving tackle. It looked like all the world that the batter winger was going to go over. She managed to get under her to stop her ground the ball. Demi Jones kicked to the corner. Ball bounced funny, just avoided Alex Simpson, who looked destined to score at that point. But then, five minutes before the end, the, the, the scrum half, Jody Liverland sort of sighed through a gap and, and took the game away. Parky, but you can't fault them for effort. The commitment was there, but unfortunately, he's just undone by more magic for me. Yeah, well, um, this is what I was saying. What I said before, it's, it's just, you've got to accept sometimes that some teams are just better than, mm. than you are uh, at this stage. And we're, like I said, we're going to learn from that. But I think but looking at our, our ladies too at the moment, the, the one thing you, you can't deny is that it's not, not just the enthusiasm, the effort they put in, full time. You know it's not like they're going out there and thinking, Oh, we'll get beat. We'll get rolled here. We might we'll go through the motions or whatever. Every week is a contest, and it's just those little bits of luck and a little bit of quality that that perhaps we we need to develop. I mean, in terms of a women's team, we've gone from scratch to where we are now. I mean, in such a short period, uh, and all these other teams we're playing against are a lot mature in terms of, of their development of how the coaches have learned, learning more about the opposition, about their players. So. I'm not worried at all. I think in the next couple of years, you'll see a really, really good ladies team. But one thing I will say, and I said it to him the other the other night, I mean, the amount of girls I'm seeing now watching Salford is incredible. More more so than I've ever seen, turning up young girls to watch. And they'll, they'll take inspiration from what these girls are doing. And this is going to help us in the next few years develop our own set of players. Let's not forget a lot of these girls as well aren't Salford girls. They're... We, got, we, we nick quite a few from witness and places like that. We 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 need to develop our own, and these girls are setting that for us now. And we're learning as a club and as a coaching staff and as a team that we can pass this on. This is what's going to happen. And I think in the next few years you'll see you'll see a massive boom in, in women's rugby in Salford. I really do. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be like I said. The journey they've been on last year, going through the championship, winning the league cup. It's it's really destined for for, for big things. I think, and uh, yeah, defeat on Sunday, but proud of the efforts and I'm sure they'll go again. Let's move on to the reserves. They were in action against Leeds, went down to defeat, 36 points to 22 on the community pitches. Mm-hmm. Paul went to 6.30 down time. Obviously, we know what Leeds is all about with their youth policy and, and the way they develop players. So it's a tough uh, tough first half for our lads. Yeah, when you play the Leeds reserves or the academy, you're going to get players that are probably in and around that fringe of the first team. Right? Probably quite a lot of play- their players have. They've got a conveyor belt there. They're like Wigan and St. Helens, aren't they? They come and, and, and it's, a, it's, like, it's more like a trial for the first team their reserves isn't it what they've got and good to see we've got some players that are on the fringes now I think we spoke about James Greenwood before you telling me he played in that game 
and that, that's good to see because that's helping us because I'd like to, to, to see some of these players coming back into the first team for Greenwood's one of them isn't it so so yeah it just shows you know, that second half they fought back well didn't it because they didn't get blasted at all it was, it was quite close in the end yeah second half, second half Parker found a bit of foot in the game Finley Yates Kellen Wood and John Hutchinson all went over for Salford to make it 22-30 with about 15 minutes to go but unfortunately Leeds just found found the way back in again and, and took the game away Yeah I was following it on on Twitter and at one point I thought this is going to get really messy you started to get a little bit of a this could be 50-60 whatever like you say we know what Leeds are all about their youth is, is as good as anybody's and then it's, this comeback started and it, it was sort of, from what reading it on Twitter it was like reminiscent of that, that game we had at the Willows with them where we went 30, was it 38-6 down or something? It was 38-30, back <laughs> about 2006 or something, the Willows, something like that. It was like that. We were coming back and coming, and I thought, we're going to get something out of this because once you're on a roll, rugby league's like that these days. It's not. It's a different game to the way it was. Momentum now is massive in the sport. And once a team gets it, it's very hard to, to wrestle it back. And I thought, we could do this. We've got them here. We've got them rattled. Maybe, I don't know whether they've made a few subs leads as well, just to rest a couple of players or just to change things or try something, thinking the game was won. And our lads really stuck at it. And honestly, I thought, this this would be an unbelievable result. Um, but it shows, we say it every week, these lads are learning. They're still, I mean, we had Green, like I said, Greenwood was in there with a bit of experience. But generally, these are just young lads, just, just learning every week. And they've gone out there against possibly the best set of reserves in rugby league, certainly coming through that, that academy system there at Leeds, and competed and pushed them. And that's that's really encouraging, really is. I mean, every that's another tip. I mentioned it with the women's, but the fact that we do lose more than we win at that level, these lads don't give they're not they're not downhearted. They go out and they, they try and win every single week. There's no they haven't put their hands up before the game. They're going to give it a go. And you give them a sniff and they'll have a crack. And they were following it on Twitter. It was actually a little bit excited. I thought, we, we're going to do it. But well, we just fell short in the end. But when you give yourself that kind of distance to travel, it's going to be hard. But no, full, full, full of praise for them. Good effort. Yeah. I say it's all about development in it. Paul, like said, Billy Walkley, who's had opportunity in the, in the first team. Jacob Lee, Jack Stevens, a lot of talk about him as well. And these lads... I like the club really we're on a journey and Paul Rowley he's talked about how he, he gets his feedback from Stuart Wilkerson how they're doing and where they are progressing uh, and he knows and Stuart Wilkerson knows that there is opportunity for them in the future possibly in our first team yeah of course there is it? we just mentioned there about Leeds they're playing against a really good standard aren't they that Leeds reserve team is probably as good as some sort of League One sides isn't it maybe a lower championship side so you're getting really good experience there. And I, I, I like the fact that the reserves... I don't like dual registration. I've said that before. And I'm not so keen on sending players out on loan as well. I, I prefer yeah. to have players playing for your club when your background, with, with your tracksuits on, representing them. So I, I prefer that. And every single game they play... Like, talk about Jack Stevens, for example. You know, lo- lovely pair of soft hands he's got. And I've seen him in friendly games. Um, and I've spoke to his dad on Twitter. He's got really high hopes of him as well. And... He does look a special player. Every time he plays for that reserve, he's learning one more little thing, just one little thing, and you get that little bit more back match hardness as well. 
every game you play is experience. Every single one that gets under your belt. So it, it'll do them a world of good. It really does. And it's a good level that they're playing at. Now, we're not talking just college rugby league. We're talking the real McCoy, the reserves against Super League side. So but what they're going to learn from that is going to be invaluable going forward. And it'll be great. It'll be so... You imagine when we start seeing, and we will do, we start seeing these lads appearing on the bench. The, the, the reception they're going to get from the, the crowd at the, the uh, Salford Stadium. Then you start seeing them coming on, making appearances in that first. That, to me, is what it's all about. Yeah, That's what being a supporter is all about. You're getting homegrown talent. Some of those lads are from Salford. They're not all from Salford, but you're getting homegrown talent coming through your system. And we've seen it with Nile levels, didn't we? All right, Nile's a Halifax lad, Sidor lad. But he came through our system. And you look how, how we loved him at Salford. He was part of the furniture. And supporters loved that. And they took those players to heart. Nathan McAvoy is one I can think of at the Willows. We, we loved him, didn't we? Because he was one of ours. And we sing it now to Ryan Briley, don't we? He's one of our own. But if you've got a team full of them coming off the, off the bench or coming into the first team, I think it'd be brilliant. Yeah. Building a conveyor belt, Parker, uh, in real time and producing the talent at the same time. Yeah, well, we, we were sadly robbed of all that, weren't we, under a... A previous owner. I mean, you think back, you mentioned players there. I mean, you think back to the, the Jordan Turners, Stefan Ratchfords, Theo Farge, Mark Sneed. We were producing these players and then it, it got ripped away from us. And Alan Hunt was there at the time and people like that doing an unbelievable job. We've got to start afresh now. But that that shows that we, we can do it and the talent is there. I agree with Paul, by the way, on that. It's just another point, the, the dual registration thing. If you signed a player for your club, and bear in mind now in Super League, you only have so many players in your squad. Then he's part of your squad. Use him or don't sign him. Because all you're doing is taking him out of the game if you don't want him. Yeah. And then when you lease it, when you let him go out on, on dual reg and he goes to he goes to Swinton or whatever. No disrespect. What how much is he learning? Realistic. Is it better to stay with you in your camp and learn that way and play in your reserves like we used to do with the A team? I get loans. Loans can work. But this dual registration, I don't think works. And I think what it does do is then block players further down the line. So the lad goes from St. Helens to Swinton on loan. Where's the lad gone that was at Swinton? Mm. He's not getting a game. So we're not developing more players for the next, so they can get signed upwards rather than us going downwards. That's that's a bit of a problem for me, but... I must say, Billy Walkley is, is a kid that I really, really like and I really rate. I think he's got a massive future. We've got to keep hold of him. We're talking about you know giving contracts out to players. I, I'd certainly be able to look at him because I think he's one definitely for the future. We found from nowhere, from not a rugby league background as such. Um, and it just shows what we can do again, like we did 10, 15 years ago. So, uh, yeah, but I think he's, I think he's really exciting. Yeah. Very exciting times, like you say, producing a, a pathway for local talent to come through and we'll hopefully see that sort of flourish over the next few years. So, that's all the match chat and now we'll see what's happening in the world of the Soft Red Devils. So, we'll start with suspension of Oliver Parton. One game, our first suspension of the season. Yeah, and it's it's a huge one, isn't it, really, in terms of Usually you can ride it out, but with the players, the back rows we already have missing. I don't know if we get any back this way. I don't know how it's going to work, but and Ollie's such a key player. He's, he's impressed me since he, the, the, the first game he played. His work rate is unreal. I, mean, he, I, I know he, I, don't, I don't think he's back to full fitness. I don't think he's been like that since he came back from his injury, but he puts his body on the line every week. 
He's aggressive. He's strong. He's got good hands. So we will miss him. But it's another bump in the road. We've, somebody else now gets a chance. Not that we've got a squad to pick from, but somebody else has to get step up and get a chance in the team. Yeah, but like, it, it is good that it's the first one, first suspension, because we've had years gone past where we lost players for a long time because of that. So it just shows this is another thing about we seem to get penalised a lot, and yet we're definitely not a dirty team. Mm. Something's going on. Anyway, yeah, no, big, big blow. I like Ollie a lot, and we'll miss him this week, especially in a, in a game like this where I think it'll be rough and ready. And he's he's the kind of guy you want in a team like that. But we nothing we can do. We've just got to get on with it. Yeah, like Parker said, I like him. Me, I like me for I like me loose falls with a pair of hands, and I think he's got that. Paul, yeah, obviously suspended for a game for the melee, uh, but we have to deal with what we got to deal with. Yeah, and he gets suspended for dangerous contact. So I'm not sure whether that was in that melee or, or what it was in. To be honest with you, but don't say anything. Just suspend one. But it's like when the two of them got simbined on Sunday. I mean. Well, have you seen them too? You could have seen anybody from, from that situation. But no, <laughs> it's difficult, like Pag said, with the, with the back rows you've got missing. You've got Sam Stone, who's still out, I think. Uh, Shane Wright's out. Do you put Chris Atkin at loose forward? Will he go with Danny Addy there? And Danny Addy, I must say, I thought played well against Leeds. I mean, he's probably not one of my favourite players, but or he wasn't. But I think he's he's done well this season. I think when he's had his opportunities, he's struggled with injuries. I don't think we've seen the best of him at Sol because because of his injuries. But I think he worked really hard and uh, and puts puts a real shift in. So he could possibly move there to to loose forward. I'm not too sure. Depends who else is available. I know Amir Borough should be available, shouldn't he, this week if we need him in, in there. So we we'll probably have to do a bit of shifting round, but no, it's it'll be a miss Partington because he's a he's an experienced player, isn't he? He's come from a, a good Wigan side there and 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 sort of come to us and, and brought that professionalism with him, hasn't he, as well? And I think we you see that from him. But he's a good defender as well. So that's what you're gonna need this week against Lee because they're gonna chuck the ball all over the show, aren't they? And that they've averaged I was doing some maths today, they've averaged twenty four points a game this season. No one scored more points in Super League than them apart from Catalan, so they're going to take some stopping. Yeah. Other bits of news, Parker. Double header on Sunday. Uh, both men and ladies are in action at the Salford City Stadium. There's a fairground as well. Lots going on at the, the stadium complex. We had a great time. The Wigan game, big crowd. Hopefully more the same. Yeah, well, I expect a decent crowd. I think Leo travelling in great numbers. So that, that's one thing that can be assured. If the weather could buck up a little bit, that'd help. But yeah, no, you... The, the club have been have been great recently, aren't they? They're trying to promote the game and get get bums on seats. But the healthy crowd on on Sunday was 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 good to see. So yeah, I mean, I I, I haven't seen the, the actual plan for for Sunday. They, they produce one. I don't they tell you what's happening at what time and that kind of thing. I've not seen, but then I mean, I've only got one eye, so that's a decent excuse. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I think I think the the plan for every week now, isn't it? Is something. And this week, I think is it is it Saint Hands this week? Is this this well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Saint what, Anne's what, 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 what an amazing cause, and I think that most people have been touched by somebody who's been there or something in in, in this local area, definitely. So yeah, I, I hope it's a good day. I hope there's loads of money raised, and I just hope the sun comes out. Yeah, live music, fun fair, face painting, raffles and stalls, double letter. Going to be a big, going to be a good day, Paul. Club and rise together, owners really need a big publicity push for it because obviously that's the way we're going to get people in i know i think there's a big is there a music festival going on as well nearby as well which is which is a thing so it's going to be a hive of activity for the people so we just need to make sure that there's so much going on they want to come watch the match 
Yeah, we've got these shuttle buses going as well. I, yep. I believe they're going again as well, aren't they? Which is a good idea. But no, I, I've been really encouraged by the last two home games. I mean, the Wigan game, we've got a really good crowd. I think we almost got 6,000 against Leeds. So it's, it's going in the right direction. I think we should be aiming for six or 7,000 against Leeds as well because I think they'll bring, they're, they're doing tremendously well. I think they're having their best season since. 1982 when they won the championship I think from the stats I've read I was reading today they've lost one game since we beat them at Easter they lost mm. at Catalan they've won every other game which is tremendous the, the form that they're in I think they've done really really well so so yeah it should be a great day and like you said the, the St Anne's Hospice the job that they do in the community as well it would be great to raise some money for them but I think it should be another good day. I think the home games have been a tremendous atmosphere. I thought the, the Leeds game was... A, mm-hmm. I know we slide the referee off, but I thought the atmosphere was tremendous on Sunday. I said before, I thought the game was pulsating. It was fever pitch, wasn't it? I mean, I know it didn't all go our way, but you weren't going to nod off at that game, was you? It was It was great to watch. So let's hope we get another one like that this week. I think we will against Lee. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see what the attendance is, Parker. Obviously, on the grapevine, Lee's sold a 1,000 tickets already. So they're up there mobilising on mass, so could be looking at six and a half, maybe topping seven like Wigan? Well, I, I don't think we'll get the Wigan crowd just because of everything that went on at that time and, and yeah, I don't know, I think it was a, a little bit a little bit different, but I would hope Lee, I know your thousand tickets is fairly impressive, but we took over 2,000 at the first game of the season, so uh, could do with repaying the favour, that'd be nice, considering where they are in the league, like you say, they're second in the league. They should be travelling well. I mean, I don't remember 2003. I think it's up 48,000 to every game, according to them. But uh, I'm not knocking them. Full of, credit, full of praise for them. They've done a great job on, on, on limited squad numbers and that kind of thing. So I'm not, I'm not knocking them. But yeah, I hope they travel well. I, I do hope the people of Salford turn out. The only thing is, like you said, there is that music festival. I think it's at Barn Airport. Yeah. It's across the road. I mean, it's going to be chaos. I just hope some people get lost going there and end up at the back and think we're, we're the gig. And I'll just come near the music and think, oh, we're, we're here. Diverting the shuttle buses into the, into the stage. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, it should be a good day. And like I say, hopefully a decent crowd and, and, and get there early to watch, watch the ladies and give them a bit more a bit of encouragement. Don't forget, Simon Baldwin is in with our Platinum Diners on Sunday. Great player for us back in the day. Um, people of a certain age like myself remember his uh, catchy uh, Terry's anthem of Simon Baldwin walks on water tra la 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 Parquet, thoughts? Yes Rob, <laughs> great memories I just, just hope his performance is better than yours um, Yeah, no, it'd be great to see Sid back at the stadium uh, He was a good servant for us and, and obviously he served his time at Lee as well um, Really solid professional and I'm sure he's got some some great tales to to share with everybody in the you know in the VIP on on Sunday and uh, yeah it's nice to welcome back these players so uh, yeah I look forward to seeing him. Other news: the Saint Hannah Hospice shirt is available. I think the players are going to train in it. Paul, lovely blue number, thirty quid. Yeah, good, good another another good shirt produced like, by. Uh, like the way you said that. Excel, yeah, 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 look nice. It's just the way you said there, a lovely blue number. I've never really said that before. <laughs> but no, it looks good. It looks good. And it's a great cause, isn't it? We've just mentioned that there. It's a great cause. And the, the, the club do a lot in the community. We say that all the time, don't we? And it's good seeing forging links with the community. And it doesn't matter if it's blue, red, pink, or whatever. If it raises money for a hospice, which do such a fantastic job in the community, I think it's, uh, it's all good. 
and it's VX3, not VX8 pack. And whenever we're going to get a free merch, we keep, we keep telling the wrong name. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's a really smart top. As soon as I saw it, and I, I must admit, and he's horrible, isn't it? I mean, look at me at the moment, but I said, said straight away, well, it's blue. That hurts. It's a superb shirt, and it obviously matched the, the, the actual badge of, of or logo or emblem of, of St. Anne's. It, it matches it perfectly. It's a great shirt. And like I say, some of that, that money from them shirts goes to the goes to the charity itself. So brilliant cause. Well done to the club again for, for this. I know we have really good links with them. So yeah, I hope it sells well. Like I say, it's, it's a really smart shirt. Yeah, other bits of news, Paul, we were talking about this off air, that Salford are involved in a sponsored walk around the Great Manchester Ringway. It's 300 kilometres long park it, it paul 20 stages where people can walk to raise money so how's your how's your feet do you fancy it well we were discussing this off air weren't we trying to work out how far mm. 300 kilometers was and how you could physically do 300 kilometers in three days so you're actually walking pretty quick so it just sounds a lot to me that so i don't think my my poor knees would get through that to be honest with you i've got long legs so i might get a few, a few <laughs> of the miles in but He's a long way, that 300 kilometres, so good luck whoever's doing that. Yeah, Greater Manchester's biggest ever sponsored walk, and it's for the homeless parker. It's for the Mayor's Charity Circle Home, and it, it happen, it's happening when they play Warrington on the 8th of September. No, no sorry, there's a, there's, that's when the homeless uh, charity um, day is going to be. That's um, That would be some effort. Um I mean, if you can join it for, for certain legs, that's not too bad. It, that is a long way. Um, mm. But obviously, it's a great thing. And and again, to work with with the mayor, I think obviously it's Mayor of Manchester, isn't it, rather than Salford. I think it's Andy Burnham's charity or something like that, or something he's he's quite close to. Again, it ties in links really well with the community, with, with what, I mean, Andy, obviously we know, spoke at, at the meeting a few weeks back, and all of a sudden we see, we see bosses operating. It's all we've got to work together as a community, and this is great. I mean, we, I think Paul, I think you said last week about how does the homeless thing work? How do we, how do we raise? How does what, what? Well, this is obviously the start of it. It'll take take some effort. If if, it, if you only have to walk a certain leg of it, then I'll I'll certainly, if I'm around and standing, I'll give it a crack. But uh, there's no way I'm walking the whole thing. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, it, it takes place from the 8th of September to the 11th of September. And uh, one of the walks you can will end at the Salford Stadium to give the opportunity to, to watch the game and rest your weary feet, Paul. Yeah, and it's, it's a great it's a great cause, isn't it? I mean, I know Andy Bird, and particularly in Manchester, has been trying to sort homelessness out. I mean, I work around Manchester quite a lot and it's still a big thing. I mean, only this week I've been driving around Manchester and you get a lot of people stood at the, the traffic lights, particularly near City's Ground on Turing Way, sort of coming with a empty teacup, trying to get money off you and, and this set of other. So it, it's still big and it's it, it's it's it makes me sad sometimes when I see it because you think about what some people are earning and you've got these people who've got nothing. So it, it's still a big thing. I know they, they said that it's not as big as what it was, but you probably find there's still a lot of people who, who don't have homes and that. So... It's whatever situation they're in, it's not right, is it? So, uh, so yeah, let's hope we raise a lot of money for it and help people out because there's, there's some people who are really at the bottom, aren't they? Yeah. So if you can, get involved, raise some money for the charity and make a difference. So that's all the news. And now we'll look forward to this weekend's games. It's time! 
So we'll start with the ladies, Parky. They're in action against Castle Tigers on the main pitch. 12.30 kickoff. 12.15 kickoff, sorry. Obviously, after last week's defeat, brave performance. Uh, we beat Cass away earlier in the season. So hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, got to go for a double. I, I think I think the thing is, like I said before, the, the girls don't seem to have lost any confidence or enthusiasm or anything by losing. It seems, it seems to bring them together a little bit more. And and if things click, I mean, like you say, that, that first game against Cass at Cass was was magnificent. Some of the, the rugby we played was was outstanding. And since then, we've lost players through injuries or whatever. I mean, they've got all the commitments as well. Let's not forget that. But this could be the one where it clicks. This could be the one where we we we, we can put a score up. I think mm. it possibly could. We'll have the confidence going into the game that we know we can beat them. Um, Cass will be better, probably. I, I, I would have expected. I've not I've not followed them this year, but. I think they they probably learned a lot as well. They might be going through the same thing we are. But no, it should be good to get a crowd behind them, like I say, just to, to give them that extra push. Because again, speaking to them last week, they, they were t- saying how, how amazing it is that, that people are actually there watching. It's not just, even when obviously there isn't a first team game on for the men's team, it's people turn up to watch them and they're like, this is, this is crazy. Where's this come from? So you can get there and get down and, and, and support them. Um, that extra push, hopefully, might get, an extra, might get us a two points. Yeah. Cass are played for, lost for. We're fourth in the league, uh, Paul. Barra and Featherston play each other this week, which Ooh. are the two teams above us. So that they'll, they're going to have to be a loser there. So if we can beat Cass, we close the gap. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. It's important that they, they, they get this win, don't they? They've worked hard last few weeks and, like you said before, come close, put an awful lot of effort in and it's hard to keep going, is it, when you're going to the well and not getting the results. So just got to keep going. And, and, and I'm confident they get a result this week. And as you said there, start climbing that, that table because it's tight. I mean, I, I, I was looking at the fixtures before and the results so far this season for the uh, World of Rugby League. And it is, it's pretty close. The league's pretty close. So a winner doing the world of good. Yeah. So get yourselves down there if you can and support our ladies 12.15 kickoff. Let's move on to Paul Rowley's men. They're in action. 3 p.m. kickoff. Against Lee, Derby Day, Parker, and all that jazz. Uh, must win for us after the last uh, few weeks. Lee are in good form. It's going to be a better. I think it is. I think it. I, I think it's a shame we won't be at full strength. I think it'd have been a great contest, even better. It's going to be interesting to see what squad we can put out every week. We seem to lose somebody new for for, for whatever reason, and that's that's damaging. Like I said about the, the ladies team, when you when you can't put out your regular team every week. It just creates more complications. More players have got to shuffle around and somebody's playing out of position, but somebody else is coming. That, that's the worry. But for me, I think I think it will be a cracker. I think the atmosphere will be good. Leah coming down for a bit of revenge. Like Paul said there, they haven't lost many this year and we beat them twice. It, it's and both at Lee, which is a, obviously clearly a tough place to go. And it has been for us for years. So it'd be nice to keep this run going, but... Uh, can be very, very tough with it. The, the players we've got missing. I mean, I sing the praise of Carl Watkins every week, and when I found out he was injured last week, I was, I was devastated. I'll be honest. I thought that could be our, our top six because of Cal, because he makes mm. that difference at times in games. He is that extra player. And then we've lost Ollie Partington, who's another 
hard-working, great defensive player who, who we know what he can do in attack, but it, it just takes away every time, doesn't it? So the only thing I will say is I think Leah in the semi-final the week after, aren't they? Possibly, possibly mm. thinking about that. Possibly in players' minds, maybe in Adrian Lamb's mind as to his, t- his team lineup, he might think, I could lose two points here, win a semi-final. Why would you go about it? I don't, I don't think that. I think he's too, far too professional. He'll go out to win both games. And I think he'll probably feel his best team. But I think with players, I think you get a knock early on in the game. You think, hang on a minute. I've got a big game next week. Mm. Do I, how much do I want this? Mm. We've got to test them. We, we, we just got to, we, we, whatever team we can put out. So it will be, it'll be a good game. It's a shame it's not on the telly, really. I think, I think other people wouldn't mind watching this, especially the way Leah played. Secondly, they're, they're, they're rarely on the telly. They deserve a little bit more respect. Yeah. I think Krishna Ninu Paul wasn't getting drawn on the health of Mark Sneed or Callum Watkins. He had his poker face on when he was talking about injuries. So it will be interesting to see what what happens there. Because obviously it's a big game in it. And after what's happened last week and the, sort of the last few weeks, we need a moment here. We need something to turn our fortunes round and is this the moment? Is this a moment where we find something against all odds with a back sort of story of injury and sort of four on the spin defeats? Can we find something to, to, to turn our season back in a positive direction? I think it's a massive game, Rob, because if you don't win this one or you don't start winning soon, you're in danger of, of slipping out of that top six because mm. you've got Leeds who are on a bit of a run now. Hull FC... I think since they sorted their half-backs out, they, they look a totally different side now. They, they, they're winning matches. You've got Ulkear, who are, I don't know. I think Ulkear have put all their eggs in the basket of the Challenge Cup. I think if they get beaten in the Cup, they'll drop like a stone. So I think it's it's Leeds and Hull are the sides behind us. So if we if we lose this one, you then got a Catalan. We've, we've got some massive games coming up at home. We've got to play St. Helens. You've got Warrington. I think our, our remaining fixtures are all against sides above us. To be honest with you, we, we play all the top sides, don't we? So we've got we've got a really tough run coming up. So it's going to be a massive fantastic in that top six for us. Not because if we could have our first side out, I think we'd we'd, we'd probably get into that top four. But we, we're that battered with especially the pack. Your back row out and you're missing Stone and, and Watkins and, and Wright as well. If you've lost them three for the season, I'm not too sure. But that that's a big miss for us. But you've you can't moan about that. You've just got to go with what you've got, haven't you? And Paul Rowley does that every week. So I think Parky nailed it there about the Challenge Cup. I think they'll have their eye on that. They're doing well. They're second at the table anyway. They're probably going to finish in the playoffs now. So I would think they probably have a mind on that. But it's up to us to go and do the job. No team's going to roll over here. We beat them twice this season. So they'll have that in the back of their mind. They don't want to lose it to us again. They'll, they'll want to win that game and put that right. So And they're confident as well. I mean, there's one thing in rugby league you can't buy is confidence. The way they're playing, they're turning out every week. I, I caught some highlights the other day of their match against Hulk Air the other week, I think it was. And they were tremendous in that game. So much, it's flowing through them. Ben Reynolds at half back there. They've, they've, they've actually shifted Zach Ardaken out to centre. They've got Gareth O'Brien at full back. They've got Ed Chamberlain playing in second row. But they, they're playing really well. The hook of that, a pappy form of his life at the moment I've been so impressed Ben Nakabuai played a, a good game as well in that so I wouldn't say they've got a team full of superstars what they've got is a team full of confidence that's playing well and, and backing each other and in Josh Charnley I mean put some money in, in to score a try any time because he's 23 tries so far this season he's, he's their back line's pretty good 
It's going to be a fascinating game. Obviously, the derby as well, Parker, the history between the two teams, uh, Reva Cups, uh, Grand Final, First Division wins, Challenge Cup defeats for us. Both sides have, have got uh, happy memories and sad memories uh, of the other team. Yeah, yeah, we had a decent ride a few years back, didn't we? And then obviously we have been up and down a little bit in, in that time. Well, haven't we all? But um, more so more Lee than us. But at the moment, I think like Paul said there, it's, it's confidence. When we went on that roll in, in well, even last year, but in, in 2019, you didn't think we were going to get beat any week. We were just on that. And I think that's where they are now and as players. That gets into you. And you think we, we're not going to get beat. And I think, I, I think they're coming here possibly looking at us at the moment, being a bit broken and on a bad run, going, well, they'll have no confidence. They've got no players. We can roll these. And you turn up with that mentality. Sometimes you can get caught out quite badly. Other times, it can just lead you through. You just do keep doing what you're doing. And, and like Paul said, I've seen the highlights of them recently and scored some really good tries. They, they actually look a bit like what we were trying to we try and do. Then moving out wide. I mean, that's why Charlie scores so many. It's going to be very, very tough. You, you mentioned the, the hooker there, and, and they've got Asiata as well, who's been he's been outstanding this year. Really, really good. So it's a massive challenge for us. And I didn't. If you'd have said to me at the start of the season, Leah Holmes going to be a massive test, I, I'd have probably laughed. I thought they're not in the same league as us. You look at them now; it's a completely different setup. So it's going to be tough. But it's, I think it's been a really, a really good close game. And we just need bodies on the park. Mm. That's the that's the thing, and it? it's it's who you can get fit for me. But Paul Rowley knows his team. He knows what players can and can't do, and when when stressed and when I say stressed, I mean injured. But we'll see, we'll see. They're a good team, aren't they, Lee? They're in good form. Like Parky said, you've got you might have one eye on the challenge got semi final next week, which might be a thing. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. Prediction time, Paul. I know uh, how are you doing in this uh, prediction fantasy thing. We've not really spoke about it in the last few weeks. Which one? The Facebook one? Yeah. Oh, it, well, he got suspended because Andy, who runs it, his, his dad passed away. So he's he, oh. he's not been doing it for a while. So he's I've, I keep checking in with him. You do an all-park. You don't see if he's all right. So he's, he's had other things on his mind. So it's been very sad for him. So hopefully we'll get back up and running soon because he's a, he's a really good lad, Andy. He's a Featherstone fan. And we have a good laugh on that park, you don't we? A lot of them are... There's a few cast fans on it, but they're mainly Yorkshire folk, aren't they? They're on it. So... Uh, yeah, so send best wishes to Andy and hope he's he's feeling up to it soon. Yeah, that's Parky, what do you reckon? Who's, who's what's your prediction? I was thinking about this earlier. I was in the I was in the hospital doing a bit of visiting and uh <laughs> Sorry, so somebody else said. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was thinking what's my prediction gonna be this week? So I thought if I don't make it back, I'll just send it to you. But I kept I kept thinking, I can't see anything but a Lee win. I really <gasps> wouldn't all all the way through the day. I've been thinking they're going to have players who are fresh, full of confidence, and it makes a massive difference. We're, we're on our knees here. And then I thought, well, that might be what we need. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing. And perhaps Mr. Thaler, the referee, might be kind to us. He might feel a little bit sorry for us. I'm begging. So I'm going to, I've got to go with us. I've got to go with us. We're at home. We need it. Paul said before, we've got Catalan and Saints next. We're going to be hard-pressed to pick up anything out of them two games, so we need something now to, to keep us in that top six. So I'm going to go with a, an 18-14 win. 18-14. Paul? Um, the two games played so far this season has been close, haven't they? Mm. 
open close game. I think it was 2012, or 2010 and 2220, I think they were, weren't they? So we're doing a bit of reading this week as well. It's 20, 20 years ago we played Lee. Playoffs at home and Paul Rowley got sent off. <laughs> I put that I put that in the preview. Yeah, I was, I was chatting to him at Magic Week and then I mentioned that to him. He said, Oh, hang on a minute. He said, Get your Bluetooth on, I'll send you the picture. And he he sent me the picture of him leaning on the bar at um, Salford. One of the um, terrace bars where he's been sent off with the right sulking face on it. So I've used it in the preview this week. So yeah, that was the playoff game. I think uh, to qualify for the grand final, yeah. wasn't it? him and um, Ricky Bybee who, who passed away last year, he was sent off as well. So so yeah, it's funny. Twenty years ago, who'd have thought he one day he'd be our coach? <laughs> so so yeah. Anyway, back to my prediction. Uh, yeah, like Pag said, I think it's gonna be close. I'm gonna go twenty-four twenty to Salford. Twenty-four twenty. Yeah. Didn't Mark Moana score the winner for Salford? Ooh, that, that they, they won 26 18. I can mm-hmm. remember they, they were down think, to 11 men, but I think it was one of those games where we just sort of shut up shop because we just wanted to get to the grand final. And I think they, 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 they could have won the game easy, but it was one of them we just we didn't want to get anybody else injured because I think they were just head chopping us all over the place, particularly Gavin Clinch. He took some right punishment. Someone have, have, have a quick flick through that Graham Morris book. I think Mark Moana scored the winner. Yeah, his terrace song was Hope. Moana, give me hope, Moana. So yeah. I'm going to go Salford to win. Salford 30, Lee 6. I'm going to come out like a, like a house on fire. Score three tries in the first 10 minutes. Place is going to be rocking. And uh, yeah, good times. More chance of seeing Martin Moana at the match. Good times. Good times. So that's the end of this uh, podcast. Another great show, uh, Parker. Yeah, sorry for, for joining late. Like I say, I was uh, just being Miss Good Samaritan. Yeah, it's, it's been a tough week. Uh, I was a little bit disillusioned at the weekend, I'll be honest. It took a couple of days to come round again, but this week, unlike last week where I was disillusioned because I thought my team were rubbish, this week I was encouraged by what I'd seen. Um, And yeah, so it's made made it a little bit bit spicy. We've had something to talk about, haven't we? So uh, yeah, no, thanks everybody for, for listening. Yeah. Our, our YouTube viewers have been entertained with the likes of Parker eating his pot noodle like a washing machine and the face of, uh, of Paul Whiteside for a few weeks of him being a silhouette. He's, uh, he's now back in frame. I know, Ellen was amused before when Parker was eating that pot noodle. She was laughing at <laughs> her. She said, what's he up to him? <laughs> the poor lad's not had his tea. No, it's good. It's good to be back on. Like, like uh, Parker just said there, I, I, was, uh, I was really down on Monday at work. I don't know. I just... I was the other week when we played Wigan and just felt like, don't know, you just feel terrible, don't you? Like a big sort of wave over you. And then Tuesday, I felt a bit better. And like today, I feel all right now. But Monday, I felt really down. I don't know what it was because I thought they played well. But yeah. it's just, I don't know. I'm just fearing that we're going to slip away. I don't know. We just, we just need that win, don't we? You're on that back of back of yeah. defeats. I just don't want us to drop out of that top seat because the, the other teams are waiting to pounce, aren't they? So it's, it's a big game this weekend. We need to, to get those two points. Yeah, I felt a bit sad against uh, when we got beat by Leeds. But I always think, remember back to the glory days after the match, uh, if we get beat, I'd always have a pint after. We'd go to the nearest pub and have a pint. And I'd whinge all the way through that pint. And then at the end of the pint, I'd get another one and then it'd be back being party time again, Parker. Yeah, long time ago, that. Long time it was. Ago, I'd drink, I'll be <laughs> honest. But uh, yeah, it, it, 
sometimes it is easy to get over games, sometimes not so. And this week has been been tough. But like I say, I've seen encouragement there. A bit of a rub of the green and it, it would have been different. We'd have been celebrating this week anyway and thinking about the top the top six. And this week you'd be thinking, back that up. We're climbing the table again. Big games elsewhere, Saints, Catalan, things like that, all affecting the top six. So, but yeah, it's it's been a good a good week to chat. And hopefully next week we can we'll all be bouncing and thinking, well, pack everybody off to Catalan, go and have a nice holiday. I want to say a massive thanks to you to our listeners for tuning in and supporting us and providing the funds through the coal fee to allow us to create this podcast. Without you, it's just three lads and a laptop. So all your help is generously accepted. If you haven't donated via the coal fee, you can do via our links on the, our social media. I just want to say a big thanks for everyone who does that. So, big thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Abra Parkinson fans on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. Fans on Twitter at the ITD SRD. And fans on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. See you soon. Devil in